Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, what's up, Golf Strategy School? If you've never been here before, my name is Marty Griffin. It's a pleasure to have you. And this is the Golf Strategy School podcast, the only podcast really designed to help players get over that milestone score of breaking 90, or maybe if you're still working on it, breaking 100. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I hate it, and that is how do we become better at pitching? And I'm going to give you three tips to do exactly that. Let's talk about it. All right. Why do I hate pitching? Uh, cause it's hard because it doesn't happen a ton in my golf game. And because, well, really it's, it's one of the most difficult things for most golfers to do because it's not a full swing. So let's first talk just a little bit about what pitching is compared to a full swing versus chipping. So chipping is something that usually happens more green side. Usually you want to get the ball on the ground quickly. At least if you listen to me, you do. You want to get the ball on the ground quickly and let it roll the majority of the way to its target. Pitching is something that happens when you're too far away to chip. And it's something that happens when you're too close to take a full swing. So pitching is more of a process that is that weird in-between nebulous zone. Really anywhere from like 20 to maybe 50, 60 yards. That's kind of the average area of pitching. And so when we talk about pitching, the first thing that I want to do in terms of tips is to give you a just a thought to put in your head, and that is that you don't have to use your highest lofted club. So you might have a 60 degree wedge, 64, 65 degree wedge, something like that. Just because you have a very highly lofted wedge does not mean that that is the club that you have to use for pitching. I think a lot of people are under the assumption, well, I'm as close to the green as I can be, even though this club isn't going to be a full swing, I should still use it because it's the shortest club I have. And frankly, I I don't like that concept because a lot of times those higher lofted clubs because they are so highly lofted are tough to hit in these shorter swing scenarios. So what I would encourage you to do is, and this is something just to try for, you know, a few times is to take a less lofted club. Let's say maybe the third or fourth highest lofted club in your bag. So for me, I've got a lob wedge if I walk that up four clubs, I am going to be looking at my pitching wedge. 
So from maybe 40 or 50 yards, instead of trying to hit this beautifully high lofted shot that's going to land pretty much dead on its target, it might be better off for me because it's easier for me to do to take my pitching wedge and just take not even a nine o'clock to three o'clock swing, like a swing that gets just your, your hands just past your knee. And then you follow through. So your hands are just about at your hips, something like that, where it's a much shorter, much more abbreviated swing. It's basically a punch shot with a pitching wedge. And something like that is going to release more. And therefore I don't have to be as careful with my touch and it's going to be something that's a lot easier to execute because a pitching wedge doesn't have that real sharp edge on it on the front that's going to dig into the ground and cause me to chunk some instead of actually brushing through and sweeping and hitting that ball towards my target. So part of that process is just experimenting with a new club that you might not normally hit with. But really what we want to do in that process in terms of our feel is we want to feel like that club is just barely brushing the ground as it comes through. It's not, it's not a shot that's going to give us a divot. That's a really good way to tell you that you're, you're coming in too steep and that you might be using too high of a lofted club because if you're really coming down steep on it, you're going to leave it divot. And the problem with coming down steep is the fact that you shrink your margin for error. If I come in super steep on this golf ball, I have to hit that backside perfectly. Otherwise, if I hit an inch behind it, I'm going to dig up the ground. I'm going to hit a fat shot that maybe goes halfway. Or if I come in a little too far, I am going to top it. I'm going to get that really, oh God that horrible, nasty feeling where you feel like you're coming down like this <laughs> and just like you're rolling the club or you're rolling the ball forward by just thumping right down on top of it. And you see it do that weird little hop and then roll. Oh, I, I know that if, if you're watching this video, I know you've hit at least one of those shots in your life and you know what I mean by that ugly feeling. So that's the reason that we don't want to get steep on it. And the reason most people get steep on it is because they're using a higher lofted club and they want to almost splash it like a bunker shot. And that is so incredibly hard to do, especially from like a tight lie in a fairway. So taking a less lofted club, maybe a gap wedge, maybe a pitching wedge, maybe a nine iron, and then just working on a little punch shot that is going to allow you to get the ball onto the green. And if we're working on breaking 90, our number one goal is just get the ball on the green. It doesn't have to be close to the hole. If we've got 25, 30, 35 feet, that's fine. We've got a putter for those next two shots. But just getting that ball onto the green is going to do us a world of good. And again, just a little punch shot. Almost, have you ever seen the golfers when they're working out, they've got like that great big medicine ball. It's like 40 or 50 pounds. And what like they rotate back and they rotate through and they throw that medicine ball at a wall. That's basically the feeling of your swing for a little punch shot like this. You want to basically be throwing the medicine ball. You don't want a lot of wrists. You just want basically a little turn to the shoulders, everything moving together and you're letting the club do the work because 
like the metaphor of an airplane landing and taking off. It's coming in nice and easy and it's shallowing out. It levels off just as you're getting to impact and then it picks back up again and takes off afterwards. That is kind of the visual process that we want to have with our 40, 50 ish yard pitches. If we come in, if we're crashing the plane, thunk, <laughs> we're going to have a heavy shot. And only when we beautifully match that up exactly perfectly are we going to have a good shot. That's why I love a sweeping action much, much more than that steep action. So that's tip number one is experiment with a less lofted club so you can have more of a sweeping action. Tip number two, this has to do with our setup. So how do we set up so this shot happens? Well, most people, especially higher handicappers, don't mean to call you out, but most people, when they struggle with pitching, it's because they set up for the shot just the same way that they would set up for a full swing at 80 or 90 or 100 yards. Their feet are right underneath their shoulders, and then the club is at its normal extension away from their body. What I would love to see you do is shrink up that stance a little bit. So we're going to narrow our stance. We are going to get ever so slightly closer to the ball. And the reason we want to do that, again, because we want consistency in our contact. If we set up the way that we normally would for a shot, we are probably going to have the toe of the club just barely up and off the ground when we're just letting our arms hang naturally dead below our, our shoulders. So by getting a little bit closer to the ball, what that does is it makes a slightly more vertical shaft and that allows the club to sit flush on the ground. So that way when we come through, we don't have the heel hitting first and then snapping that club face closed. So instead of coming in and snapping that club face closed, we're going to get a little bit closer so that club stands more upright and we are going to have the entire sole of that club flush with the ground. And again, we're just doing that little kind of medicine ball throw type of turn in our swing. So narrowing the stance, getting a little bit closer, those are really the two big things. But a lot of people, they still struggle with consistency and contact based off of just those two. So if those two aren't enough for you, you can layer in putting your weight on your front foot. Not all of it. I mean, we don't want to be balancing on our front foot and having our back foot just like hanging out in the wind. We want to have about 60% of our weight on that front foot, 40% on the back foot. So just a slight shift of having that weight forward. And then what that does is it's just another way to kind of help us keep this swing short, tight, concise, whatever you want to call it, abbreviated. So we don't get into this position where we take the club so far back. And then as we start to come down, we're thinking, oh crap, what am I going to do? Uh, I got to slow this thing down. Otherwise I'm going to nuke it 70 yards over the green. And so we slow our swing down and then, you know, we're hitting behind it or in front of it. And very rarely are we hitting where we want to be. So stance narrow, closer to the ball. If that's not quite enough for you, put a little bit of that weight towards that front foot. And then again, just thinking about that, you know, that medicine ball type of turn. Our third step, and, and this is one that goes a little bit 
uh, beyond just the mechanics of it. But this is how do we stay committed when we have a pitch shot over an obstacle? So imagine that you're, let's say, 30 yards away from your green and you've got a bunker dead in front of you. It's inevitable for you to go, oh, crap, I've got a bunker here. And most higher handicapped golfers are really going to fixate and dwell and just dig themselves deeper and deeper into a hole worrying about that bunker. Or maybe it's a little stream that cuts in front of the green. Or maybe you're 60 yards away and there's a pond from where you're standing until you reach the green. Well, in these circumstances, so many people get caught up in the don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. And of course, as soon as you say don't, what's going to happen? You're going to do it. You know, it's that whole, you know, oh, don't think about a man wearing a hat. What are you thinking about? A man wearing a hat. So the process here is to, to distance yourself from what you don't want to do as much as possible. And the way we do that is to become as hyper-focused as possible on what we want to achieve. Now, one of the ways that I do this, you've heard me talk about this in other episodes, I have my avenue to success. I analyze, I visualize, and then I measure whether or not I executed my plan. And that doesn't mean, was the shot good? That means, did I stay committed to what I was really planning? So this is a really good way to help focus on what you want to happen. So analyze, visualize, execute in the, as brief a way as possible. Analyzing is exactly that. Where do I, you know, how far do we have to go? How far does this ball have to fly? Is the wind affecting me? Is the temperature affecting me? Things like that. That's the thing that most people do pretty well. Visualizing. This is where visualizing really comes in and saves the day. So the easiest way to visualize, just say the damn thing out loud. What do you want the shot to look like? Do you want it to be a high, fluffy shot that's going to land and maybe release two, three feet? Chances are you probably don't have that in your visualization because that's a very difficult shot to hit. If you're following this process, if you're taking a lower lofted club and you're having that medicine ball type of swing, you're going to have a lower trajectory shot and it is going to run for a longer period of time. So, all right, I'm visualizing this. I've got 40 yards, 30, 40 yards to my flag. I've got a bunker right in front of me that I have to go over. I'm not even going to worry about that bunker because really that bunker is not even in play. If I hit the shot the way that I want to, that bunker doesn't owe me anything. It's not in my, it's barely even in my field of view. I'm so focused on where the ball's going to land because I want the ball to land probably halfway to my target because it's going to release, in all likelihood, the other half. So if I've got 30 yards to go, I just want to pitch this thing 15 yards, and I want it to roll out the last 15 yards. And that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm going to find a very specific spot on the green where I want that ball to land, and I'm going to say out loud, like roughly how high I want that ball to go, where I want it to land, and where I want it to release and run out to. So if I can do those things, I'm going to be hyper-focused on the outcome that I want to happen rather than the obstacle that I have to shoot over or that I have to deal with. So rather than getting all bogged down about what might happen, 
by hitting into a bunker or the fact that you have to hit over a pond or something like that. I am going to be hyper-focused on what I want to happen. So where's the ball going to land? Where's it going to release to? And what is that shot shape going to look like? If you can do that, you are going to do a much better job at blocking out those negative tendencies from your mental game and sticking to that positive outcome and focusing on reproducing that positive outcome. So just to kind of wrap it up again, our three tips to become better at pitching. Number one, don't be afraid to use your third or your fourth or your fifth most uh, lofted club. You don't have to use a sand wedge or a lob wedge just because you're close to the green. You can use a different club and you can just punch it basically up and onto the green because our first goal, if we're trying to break 90 is just get on the dance floor. Our second objective is making sure that we have the appropriate stance to be able to hit this shot with any level of consistency. So we're going to shrink our stance, get closer to the golf ball. And if that still doesn't feel like it does it enough, put about 60% of our weight on our front foot. That way we can have a smooth, consistent contact with that medicine ball type of swing. It's just a real short, real compact swing. And then our third one, which we just covered was, you know, how do we get over these obstacles? How do we deal with obstacles when they're between us and our target? And the way to do that is to get super committed by being hyper-focused on what you want as a result. Go over it in your head. Follow the analyze, visualize, execute plan. And that is going to take you from a situation where you're worried about the negative to a situation where you are hyper-focused on the positive and producing that result with your swing. So if you like this video, if you think this will help you with your pitching game, and I promise you it will, why don't you go ahead hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. That way, you'll be notified exactly when I come out with new videos. Now, if you're someone who wants more help with your game, if you want to follow my exact process that I go through with my students, you can head over to golfstrategyacademy.com and you can learn all about my Golf Strategy Academy program where we have two different courses of study that you get for the same low price of less than one lesson per month. Now, what we do is we break it into two camps. People who are trying to break 90 who really need swing help, actual how do we operate the club, how do we have good fundamentals in our swing, and then people who are working towards breaking 80 who probably already have a pretty consistent swing, but they really need help taking that game from the range where it's easy to produce out onto the golf course where it's harder to produce. And we do that through a series of specific custom structured practice routines. So if that's something that interests you, regardless of which one you're in, because you get access to both, you can head over to golfstrategyacademy.com and learn more. And like I said, it's less than the cost of one lesson per month. How do you beat that? This is how. You get access for the first 30 days completely for free. It's pretty awesome. So I would love to have you. I'm here to help as many golfers as possible. And that's how we can really do it together. So if you want to, go ahead, head over to golfstrategyacademy.com. And as always, I'll catch you in the short grass. Cheers, everybody.
All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.